0: Hello and welcome to the Revive Church podcast. It is so good to have you join us today. At Revive Church, we wanna help people find life and purpose through Jesus Christ. And we really hope this message helps you do that. Whether you are listening to this at gym, in the car, or maybe you're just at home, we hope this message inspires and encourages your walk with God. Enjoy. so good to see everybody at church today. Um, It is humid outside, it's also humid in here, but it feels kind of good. I don't know who's enjoying a bit of humidity today. Works a bit like a sauna. Fantastic. Such a special day, such a special time of the year to be in church and with our church family and to just hear from some of our kids as they go through the Christmas story. Um, Man, it's such an honor to see what our kids are doing and the message and the heart that they bring. And today, um, I'm not going to be sharing for very long, but I really wanted to take a moment uh, just to share some thoughts and some scriptures with us as we reflect really on the reason for the season. Christmas is an amazing time, and time where we get to celebrate and give gifts and get gifts, which is personally my favorite part of Christmas. But to actually take time and to remember that Christmas is really the celebration of the birth of hope, the birth of Jesus, the birth of uh, everything that we get to believe in and trust for and have faith in um, as Christians. And today I wanted to take a moment, and this week in my preparation really for this message, I just kind of felt like I had this question recurring question just over and over in my head and it's just along the lines of would i recognize jesus if i saw him today i don't know if anybody's ever thought that question before for me i'm like you know what i, I think i would recognize him pretty quickly he probably has a tie-dye shirt on um he's going to be wearing crocs for sure it's the jesus eye picture but if you read the scriptures really and you and you actually give it some thought about recognizing Jesus and the time that He really did come to earth, majority of people actually didn't recognize Jesus. And for me, that was a scary thought. A few of them did, but majority didn't. And the truth is all of them had the scriptures, they had the prophecies, they had every bit of information that spoke about a Messiah, spoke about a savior that would come and bring hope and healing. But when He actually showed up, a lot of people couldn't recognize Him. And for me in the 21st century believer, and where we are at today, the question that I would love to answer in this message is, would we recognize Jesus if He showed up today? A couple of scriptures that I thought maybe we could use to just preface the message, um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse seven in the NIV, it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 11, verse one says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And what the scriptures are talking about here is basically the battle between faith and sight. I think the problem 2000 years ago was they were expecting a Messiah, but they thought he would look different. What they thought he would be would be a conquering king, an overcomer, a political ruler who would overthrow Rome and put the Jewish people on top. But what Jesus actually came to do was to defeat the power of sin. And that's exactly what He did. He came and He took the shackles of sin off every arm and every ankle of anybody who would believe. And for us today, we know how powerful that is because if Jesus didn't first defeat the power of sin, we would never be able to inherit the kingdom of God because the truth is this, a time is coming when Jesus will defeat His enemies, where His people will be elevated, lifted on high, but He first needed to defeat the power of sin. But the battle, For so many people, it's this battle of sight. What we see, what we expect. And isn't it true that today, sometimes what we see can almost hurt our faith and can hurt our trust. It most certainly did for the people 2000 years ago. And today, even for me, when I look at my life, when I look at the world, and then you read the gospel and you read about faith and trust and Jesus is coming back, sometimes those two things can be hard to marry and to put together. I found a passage of scripture and I I don't have enough time to read it, Uh, because I don't want to take too long, but I encourage you guys to read it. It's it's in Luke 24, verse 13 to 53. And what is so cool about this passage, and I'll give you some context, um, it's really the moment that the Passover weekend had just finished. So Jesus had been born, he had lived his sinless life, he had done the miracles, he had raised the dead, he had healed the sick, and then this weekend came where everything would change. His people, His disciples had followed, all the believers and the people that really were following Jesus, they had gathered. But then the craziest thing happened to what they saw. Because what they really believed, what the faith said that Jesus would be the overcomer, He was the Son of God. But then what they saw was the overcomer put on a cross. And they saw the overcomer die a sinner's death, but He lived a sinless life. Jesus was put into a tomb and in this passage of scripture we've got these two guys disciples and they were there they had participated in the passover weekend and now they were on their way back home to a place called emmaus and on their walk home they were having conversation with each other they were very disappointed very disheartened they didn't really understand what had happened and they were trying to make heads or tails of it and something really kind of confusing happened that morning was that reports started coming out that the tomb where jesus was born and was now empty But the witnesses, the people who were spreading those reports were two ladies, and back in those days, the status of the female was a little bit lower. So if a lady was reporting a story, it was actually a bit harder to believe, which is crazy. Can all the women say amen? Yeah, I've learned. Structure that well. So we're hearing these reports of Jesus is no longer in his tomb, he's resurrected, but they didn't really know what to make of it. So on their way back home to Emmaus, they were discussing, they were going through the details, the facts about Jesus, his life, what he'd done. And then suddenly a gentleman pulled alongside them, which would have been customary of that time on long trips and journeys. People would travel together, were safer. And a gentleman pulled alongside them and, and kind of just asked them, hey, what are, you guys, what are you guys talking about? And these disciples kind of looked at this guy, this mysterious guy and said, man, are you living under a rock? Um, what has just happened over this weekend jesus was here but now he's died and now his tomb is apparently empty but in their voice you can just sense disappointment you can just sense sadness because what everybody had hoped for and had faith in was dead so this gentleman who kind of was hearing their story and and getting kind of information from them almost got a little bit agitated and irritated and he decided you know what Maybe we can do a bit of a Bible study real quick just to make sure we're all on the same page. And he begins to speak to these men and reference some scriptures from the Old Testament. The first one was in Genesis. And Genesis promises really in the very first book of the Bible in chapter five, promises that a savior would come who would be the hope of the world. How amazing is that? That already in the first book of the Bible, God had a rescue plan. Then as the Old Testament progresses, he moves to the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah doesn't talk about a conquering king or an overcomer, Isaiah actually talks about a suffering servant. It talks about a man of sorrows who would take the weight of sin on his shoulders. And then he moves him from Isaiah to Zechariah. And Zechariah talks about someone who would be pierced for our transgressions, not his. And as these Old Testament scriptures were being read to them, the sense of hope and faith just started to lift and rise in their hearts again. But not to a level where they thought anything was different, but just that they started feeling different about the situation. But as soon as that kind of Bible study had finished, they got to their destination in Emmaus and they needed to stop, but they begged this gentleman, hey, why don't you stay with us for the night? We'd love to just spend some more time with you. And the gentleman was going to travel further, but he decided, okay, I'm gonna gonna stay. I'll spend some time with you guys. And then that night they gathered around the table And what was interesting about this was that the gentleman who was carrying and and traveling with them, he actually took the position of host at the table and he grabbed the bread and he broke the bread for them. And it was in that moment that God lifted the veil over these two disciples eyes and they'd realized that they had been walking with the resurrected Christ for the last few hours. What is crazy about that story was that it wasn't in the moment that they met him physically that they recognized who Jesus was because physical presence is insufficient for recognizing Jesus. It wasn't in the moment where they were sharing the facts about who Jesus was to this guy who they thought had no idea because knowledge and facts are not enough in its own to recognize who Jesus is. It also wasn't in the moment where Jesus was giving them the scriptures about who he was and what he would do and what his purpose was because Bible study alone is insufficient for recognizing Jesus. It was quite interesting that the moment that they recognized Jesus was the moment that they were at a table in an intimate place, building a relationship. The veil was lifted and they were able to recognize Jesus. Today, I wanted to ask a question if the 21st century Christian is able to recognize Jesus today. And the challenge for me, and I think for so many believers, is that we can often hide Behind information, we can hide behind facts, we can hide behind amazing worship sets. But my fear is that if Jesus was presented before us, we might not recognize him. My question today is Are we spending time at the table with Jesus? Are we building a relationship? Are we building intimacy? Because the invitation is always there. What I love so much about this story is that these two disciples, they were kind of nobodies. It wasn't Peter, it wasn't John, it wasn't Andrew it wasn't all the guys that we read about and did fantastic things these disciples were nobodies in fact One of their names never even gets revealed to us. So these guys weren't special But Jesus decided to reveal himself to them to be the key witnesses and people that would share the gospel What does that tell me it tells me today that the gospel is readily available to kings and to beggars to anybody who is willing open, available, because you know what I don't need to do this morning, Revive Church, is tell you your need for Jesus because really over the last few years, it's become so evident how much we need Jesus. What I need to remind you of today is how readily available the gospel is for anybody who is to seek Him and call after Him. The scripture is very, very simple. It says, for all who believe in their hearts, confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is Lord, the gospel and salvation is for you. Today, the challenge is not to let our sight dictate or determine our levels of faith, because Jesus is coming back. That's the truth, that's the gospel. And what the enemy would love for you to do is to be so caught up with what you see, what you think is important, what the kingdom of earth says you should pursue. But I loved how Sven put it last week, the kingdom of God is for all who seek. The kingdom of God is for the seeker. So today really on such a special day in a warm school building, the gospel can be shared. The gospel can be received and lives not only on earth but for all eternity can change. I'm gonna invite our band up. We're gonna take a little moment this morning to do something that I feel we don't get a lot of time to do as people and just to reflect. We're gonna sing a song together but you don't really have to sing because sometimes the lyrics can be distracting. Maybe all you need to do is to stand up and just stand in the presence of God. I'd love to give you something to think about when the song comes on, something to reflect on. How are ways that we can spend more time with Jesus at the table? And for some of you here today, maybe You've never, ever gone on a journey of inviting Jesus into your heart and accepting Him as the Lord and Savior and ruler of your life. And if that's you, I wanna give you an opportunity to make that decision today. But maybe, just maybe there's some people who are here today that have declared Jesus a Savior once, but they know if they look at your life right now, you know that you've drifted. You know that we've let things get in the way. And please, this is coming from the most humble place because I feel like I've gotta check myself every week to make sure that Jesus is still sitting on the throne of my heart. So if you wouldn't mind standing with me today. What we're gonna do in this moment is just give our church and our people a chance to reflect on Jesus because the Christmas story is this. Jesus came to earth fully God, fully man. And He came with a purpose to defeat sin and eternal death for all who would believe. Our role and part to play in this whole journey that Jesus took is so small. It's not about our gifts, it's not about what we can do or what we can say or how good a Christian we can be. It's really just about acknowledging that, hey, He did it for me. He died on the cross with my name, my future, my family, and today I want to accept it. I wanna invite Jesus into my heart. So just for a few minutes now, if you wouldn't mind, we're gonna sing a song together. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, just reflecting. If you wanna sing with the lyrics, we'll be on, but maybe it's just a moment where you can just reflect on what Jesus means to you.
1: Peace that is calling you on. You've been tempted and shaken, tested and faith You've been so far from Jesus and too close to her proud of this world's delight. But I tell you, you're not of this world, so stand up and fight. You're not of this world, so stand up and fight. There's a peace to settle your shadow You won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming up to me, thank you Jesus. There's no wall you won't kick down, Lie you won't tear down, coming up to me, who you chase us down. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming up to me, No, oh, you won't kick down, I won't tear down, coming after me. Oh. There's no
2: shadow
0: Get a sense that in the room this morning there could possibly be people who have been void of hope and peace they have been struggling with their mind their thoughts The special thing about God and the Holy Spirit is that when the Spirit comes so does the fruit of the Spirit which is goodness and peace and self-control this morning, I really feel God is speaking to some people here to say, you know what, if you would just give me a chance, if you would just let me in, then those things that have left you, the happiness, the joy, the zeal for life, could come back. Because the truth of the gospel is not that life becomes easy, but it becomes blessed. The Holy Spirit comes and fills any space where there was once darkness, darkness. Jesus turns to life, where there was death, Jesus brings life. Today in this moment, if there's people here in the room that are saying, full up, I need to reconnect with Jesus today, I need to reinvite invite him into my heart. He is the leader of my life. I want to give him full reign, my mind and my heart and my choices, my family. I can't do it by myself anymore. Or maybe you're in the building and you're saying, "You know what? I've never ever invited Jesus into my heart." But what I know for sure is that I can't do this by myself anymore. I'd love to just pray for some people today that are saying, "Fill that to me. I want to give my heart to Jesus." So on the count of three, if there is anybody here today that's saying, "I want to give my heart. I want to invite Jesus back in. I want to give him the opportunity to bring all of that fruit of the spirit back." One, two three Is anybody here just shoot your hand up wherever you are yeah see this hand in the front wherever there's hands if you wouldn't mind just keeping your hand up we've just got a team who want to pop something just in your hand this is your moment you can shoot your hand up thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus Lord we thank you so much Thank you, God, that the gift of salvation is for all, a free gift of grace and mercy. God, I pray for our church today. I thank you, God, that when we're downcast, when we're tired, when we're at the end of our rope, with you, there's always more, there's always another step. God, we pray that you bring hope back into our hearts, that you remind us, Jesus, of what you did 2,000 years ago and what it means for us today. It means not only a blessed life today, but an eternal life with you in the kingdom of God. God, as a church, we say we love you. We glorify you. We give you everything because you deserve it. We worship you. And all of God's people say, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God a round of applause for them?